Hey gang, this is Derek Nichols, college pastor at Metro Community Church. I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the Metro College Podcast. Welcome back everybody to Crave Online. We're so excited that you're joining us. If you're new, let me catch you up real quick on what's been going on. Uh, over the last several weeks, we've been working through the book of Acts. We're in this series called Acts, We Are the Movement. And every week, we've been just kind of uh, chopping away a little bit at a time. And we're actually wrapping up the first part of this series tonight, so we're really excited about that. My name is Derek. Uh, I head at Metro College, and uh, I'm so excited that you're with us. Uh, a little bit more about me. Um, if you know me just for a, a, a brief while, you'll realize that Derek's kind of a planner. I love a good plan. I, I plan everything out. I, I think it's all in the details. Um, on top of that, uh, with that plan... Obviously, schedules are really important, so I try to keep a really tight schedule, um, and because I love what I do, I try to be as productive as possible, and so I'm constantly packing as much into my daily schedule as possible, right, because I want to be productive, and, and unfortunately, um, when I do that, because I love what I do, sometimes things get pushed to the side if I feel like they're in an interruption, because I, I hate it when my, my plan and my schedule and certainly my production gets interrupted. And so that means the, the most simple things like lunch breaks. I'll often skip lunch because I view that oftentimes as an interruption, right? And that's just kind of the way it is. And, and I know that's not good, but that's just a little bit about who I am. But I want to tell you about this one specific uh, time, two and a half years ago, where um, my, my schedule, my day was interrupted with lunch. Like I said, it was about two and a half years ago. And uh, it was during the summer. I was on staff for maybe seven months, I think. And it was just like this beautiful day. And I had a couple buddies who were like, you know, hey, Derek, why don't you take an extended lunch break and uh, go with us? Just let's hang out. Let's enjoy the day and let's catch up. Now, I, uh, of course, push back. I'm like, one, it's hard for me to take a lunch break. Two, it's impossible for me to take an extended lunch break. Why? Because that interrupts my day. That interrupts my plan, my schedule, and certainly my... Uh, overall production. I don't like it when life gets interrupted. But they persisted and I relented and, and we left and we're going to this uh, new restaurant that I've never been before. Like I said, it was like a beautiful, beautiful summer day and overall great day. Like I absolutely had a good time. But here's what's really, really cool. And here's what's really, really interesting. Um, that's not why this day sticks out in my mind. This specific interruption sticks out to me. This was a very special day because during that lunch is when I have my very first conversation with a girl who will later, later become my wife. It's the first time I have a conversation with Kristen. And if I didn't let life and my schedule and my plans and my production get interrupted, who knows where I would be right now? Right? This interruption led to something amazing. And, and, and what's really cool is that can be true for a lot of interruptions. And I think sometimes we just don't realize it. Why? Because we don't like it when life gets interrupted, right? Because we like plans. We like our schedule. We like things done our way. And anytime interruption happens, um, we kind of wake out a little bit. We don't like it. And right now, as you're all aware, we're in the middle of a major life, a major global 
interruption, right? You can't ignore it. You can't deny it. Like all of our lives are being interrupted right now. Now, I'm sure there's some of you like, you know what, Derek? Uh, it might be bad for you, but I never got out much. Uh, and so, you know, life is kind of normal for me. So I'm sorry that you're struggling. I'm good. I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm going to be fine. If that's you, congratulations. That's certainly not me. Um, I'm trying to get through this like the rest of us. But, you know, all jokes aside, right, it doesn't matter if uh, you're a socialite or uh, you like to stay in and and watch movies all night, you can't help but realize and and notice how much our lives have been interrupted. And because this this interruption is so massive and it's changing so much about our lives and what we do, it's filling us with a lot of dread. It's, it's, it's filling us uh, with a lot of worry, right? And, and we're frustrated and we're scared, right? But what if, what if, right, uh, this interruption in this season that we're finding ourselves in doesn't have to be that way? What if we're able to find that silver lining. What if, just like on that beautiful day uh, during the summer when my life got interrupted for, for the good, what if we're able to find the good in this interruption? You see, I, I, I think that's often what God does. I think oftentimes God reaches into the interruption and he gives us the good, or at least he wants to. And we're going to read about this amazing life interruption, this amazing life conversion in Acts chapter 9 to 9. It's the conversion story of Saul, who later becomes the Apostle Paul that we all know him about, right? Like this is the guy who wrote half of the New Testament. He planted dozens of churches uh, and, and thousands, if not millions of people came to know Jesus because of him. He's this amazing Christian. And we're going to learn about this major life interruption that he experiences in chapter 9, where he becomes this amazing Christ follower. But here's the deal. Before he was Paul, he was Saul. And before this dramatic life interruption, he wasn't a very good guy. We're in Acts chapter 9, but to fully appreciate and to understand what's going on and understand who Saul is and how dramatic this life interruption is, uh, I want us to kind of recap real briefly chapter 7, chapter 8, but also learn a little bit about who Saul is. You see, Saul was about the same age as Jesus and the, and the other disciples. Most people or most scholars believe that he was born between 5 and 6 AD. And he was born as a Roman citizen, and he also grew up uh, as a very influential and prominent Jewish leader. He was part of this thing called the San And he was absolutely sold out. He was committed. He was dedicated to Judaism before becoming a Christian. And he was so passionate about his uh, Jewish faith that that he wouldn't let anything stand in its way. And so he became an enemy to anything that threatened the Jewish faith, the Jewish way of life, which included Christianity. Why? Because Jesus says you don't have to worship at a temple anymore. Jesus said that uh, you don't have to um, follow the law, because if you follow me, you are obeying the law. He's basically saying Judaism, it's, it's, it's inconsequential anymore. He's like, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And Saul of Tarsus does not like that one bit. In fact, it infuriates him. And so he has this life 
mission, this purpose, this plan. And what is it? Simply put, he wants to destroy Christianity. He's infuriated and he's enraged so much by the early Christians that it drives him to, to anger and even murder. He persecutes Christians. In chapter 7, we discover that he is behind the mob killing the very first Christian martyr. That was Stephen. Remember last week, our hero in chapter 6, Stephen? That's the first person to die for Jesus. And Saul of Tarsus is behind the whole thing. And then in chapter 8, we discover that he's also the one that instigates this massive persecution that breaks out through the entirety of Jerusalem and the surrounding regions. Now Christians are on the run for their lives, and it's all because of Saul. Saul hates Christianity. Saul has a purpose. Saul has a mission. And that's when we pick up in chapter 9, verse 1. It says this, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, it's another term for, for Christianity, back then they called it the way, uh, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see anything. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days, he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. So what's going on here? Again, here's Saul of Tarsus, enraged, angry, trying to destroy the Christian church. He's going to Damascus to arrest these early Christians. And on his way, Jesus shows up. And another way of putting it, Jesus interrupts Saul's life, his plan, his purpose. Everything is changed when Jesus interrupts his life. And that's just like Jesus, right? Like, like so many of us will have this Damascus Road moment where Jesus just shows up in a major way in our life and we can't ignore it. We know that it's him. We know that he's reaching into our hearts. He's reaching into our lives and he's trying to uh, disrupt it and he's trying to, uh, you know, mess with it and, and, and knock us off our path. Why? Because he's trying to get our attention. He's trying to disrupt it, and he's trying to uh, get us to, to see him more clearly. Why? Because he has something better for us. Right? That's what Jesus does. But more times than not, we don't have that road to Damascus moment. Instead, what happens is God and Jesus use the interruptions that are already in our lives. God and Jesus use these interruptions that are already occurring, and they use them to draw us and point us to Him. But we don't always like that. It's just like me when it comes to my plans and my production and my schedule. I don't like it when life gets interrupted. We don't like that. We don't like it when God shows up. 
and, and, and wants us to change things. And so we react to it, right? Like when I was in high school, I had this plan. I had this purpose. I had this, this thing, right? Like I wanted to be a baseball player. My, my plan, my, my life was dedicated to being a baseball player. All I cared about was playing in college. And then I figured out after that. And I got injured. A lot of you guys know the story. I got injured and I had to give up baseball. And I was devastated. I was rocked. Right, I, I I didn't know what to do, and so my uh, time in college for my first few years, I was scrambling. I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a plan. Right, and so I spent a lot of time drinking and and doing stupid things. But finally, I, I came up with another plan. I thought maybe I was supposed to go into the military. And long story short, right, that plan, that life gets interrupted. To the same injury that kept me out of baseball is now keeping me out of the military. And again, I am devastated. But not only am I devastated, now I'm angry. Now I am upset. Now I'm mad at God. Why? Because he continually interrupts my life. He continually uh, doesn't allow me to live my life. And so I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like how many of us uh, thought we had it figured out? How many of you guys thought you had the answer, you had your life planned out, only to face this massive interruption and it just changes everything? And now all of a sudden you're devastated because you don't know what to, to do. Your life has been interrupted so much. Now let me ask you this. In the midst of this global interruption, right, how many of your plans for this year, for this season, for the semester are changed? Right? Like you probably had this planned out, this thing in your life over the next several months planned out. Maybe you were, maybe you're a senior, right? And you're, you're, you're coming towards the end of graduation, uh, in, in, in May. And so this semester, you're going to make sure that you experience everything. You're going to make sure that you end on a high note. You're going to spend as much time, um, with your friends and you're going to soak up absolutely everything, right? Then this global interruption happens. And it changes everything. And you're left scrambling. And you're distraught. And you're upset. Or maybe uh, your plan was to get all A's. And it's going well. Like you're going to class and you're getting good grades. But you're having a hard time adjusting to class online. Now all of a sudden, your plans are interrupted. What do you do? You're frustrated. You're distraught. You're a little angry. This isn't fair. Why is your life getting interrupted? Or maybe you had a, a, a good job and it's helped pay the bills, helping pay for, for school. But because so many businesses are closing down, you lost your job. And now you're trying to figure out what to do next. And I can't even attempt to list all the different ways that your life has been impacted because of the coronavirus, because of this massive global interruption. And I'm certainly not discounting what you're going through. I know there's a lot of people Right now, you're watching, and your in your life has been flipped upside down, and you're just trying to get through this thing one day at a time. And it breaks my heart, and I wish that we could find a quick solution. I wish um, that we could fix things, but unfortunately, this thing is massive. This thing is global, and so much of this is just simply out of our hands. It's out of control. So what, what can we do? Instead of getting frustrated, Instead of getting scared and living in fear and getting angry because we don't have control of the situation, why don't we just change how we view the situation? Instead of getting uh, frustrated uh, at this life 
interruption, why not change how we view it and see that, you know what? Maybe something good can come from it. You know, just like uh, my lunch interruption and the amazing good that came from that, I truly believe that something amazing can come from this for you. And so our first point is this. Take advantage of this interruption in your life by allowing God to change your life. Take advantage of this interruption in your life by allowing God to change your life. Now, I want to be very clear here. I don't believe that God uh, caused the coronavirus. I know there were several people out there, I'm sure, who believe that. I don't believe that at all. But what I do believe is this. I believe that he is walking with us through this. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that he wants to use this life interruption to get your attention. I truly believe that. I truly believe that he is working in this and he wants to work in you and he wants to change you. He wants to use this massive interruption in your life to show up in your life and change it for the good. Right now, so many of, of your leaders and pastors uh, with Metro Community Church and certainly Metro College are stepping up in countless ways to make sure uh, that you still have this community, that we're still able to worship together, uh, that we're still able to point people to Jesus. And what's really amazing is, is, is we're discovering that God is moving, that God is still doing things. And while we're getting pushed out of our comfort zone and we're being forced to do things um, that we've never had to do before and we're adapting and thinking on our feet, we're also discovering that we're changing, that we're growing, that we're discovering new things and we're becoming better. God is using this to change our ministry, to change our church, to change so many of us who are working so hard to make sure that we remain the church for you. God is using this Interruption for good. And me personally, here's what's really cool. This interruption has, has caused me to stop and, and, and focus even more on my relationship with God. Like I, I, I was trying to figure out, you know, how to move forward when, when we were forced to, to meet online. I was, I was forced to try to figure out how do I, um, you know, be the person that you guys need me to be. I, I was scrambling trying to figure out uh, the answers to all these big questions. And, and I didn't have uh, experience. We didn't, we've never been through anything like this before. And so it forced me to actually turn to God even more. And what I've discovered is my faith is growing so much because of this life interruption. My life has been interrupted, and it's been for the good. My faith is growing. My, my, my quiet time with God is, is more real than it's ever been. I'm getting more out of the Word. I'm seeing uh, so many of you guys step up in so many ways. Uh, my relationship with my wife is improving because we're spending time together. There's been so many good things that have come out of this massive interruption. And so we have a choice. We can either uh, get frustrated and angry with the interruptions in our lives. Or we can allow God to move us and change us for the better. So we can discover the good in these life interruptions. Because the truth is this. Life interruption, it doesn't have to be all bad. 
Sure, there's going to be pain. Sure, there's going to be heart. That's just life sometimes. But that doesn't mean that God can't use it for good. God still wants to give you that better, right? He wants to change you. He wants to give you that more in the midst of this massive life interruption. To shake out, let's go back and let's check out Saul's life change and see how that changed for the better after his massive life interruption with Jesus. If you remember, we left in Acts uh, chapter 9 verse 10 where Saul, uh, he's, in, he's in a bad spot, right? Like, uh, he's basically held up for three days in Damascus. He's blind, um, he's hungry, he's thirsty, and he's just waiting to see what ha- happens next. And uh, while that's going on, um, the chapter progresses, and we discover and we meet this new guy named Ananias. And Jesus shows up in, in a vision to Ananias, and he instructs Ananias to go uh, to Damascus and go uh, see Saul. And basically says, you're going to go see Saul and you're going to heal his blindness and then the Holy Spirit is going to move through you and going to save Saul. And so, that's where we pick up in verse 17. It says this, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. And he got up, and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he gained his strength. So what happened? The Holy Spirit just used Ananias to heal his eyes, but to lead Saul into a life-changing and life-saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And we know that his life was changed because what did Saul do immediately after receiving the Holy Spirit, immediately after being saved? He gets baptized. And that's a big step for anyone now, but certainly back then, but especially for a guy like Saul. Because Saul was a very prominent and important guy in the Jewish faith. And when he gets baptized, he's basically turning his back on his entire life, his, his plans, his, his, his old ways, his old life, his old friends, his old family, everything. He's saying, I'm done with that, and I'm accepting the life and, and everything that comes with it when it comes to following Jesus. He gives it all up. His life was planned out, and then it gets interrupted by Jesus. But you better believe he doesn't regret that interruption one bit. He looks back at that interruption and he's thankful Jesus showed up in an amazing way. But he's also thankful because he gets to experience firsthand what Jesus can do and what God can do in the interruptions. And he realizes that God wants to use these interruptions to benefit those he loves and those who trust in him. Saul discovered that on the road to Damascus. And that's exactly what God wants you to discover as well. And so our big, our big point for tonight is this. When you trust Jesus with your life, you can also trust him when your life gets interrupted. When you trust Jesus with your life, you can also trust him when your life gets interrupted. 
when I became a follower of Jesus, um, you know, I, I was saved when I was like 12. I always say like I became a disciple or I started to become a disciple or become a follower of Jesus when I was like 23. Uh, but when, when I finally decided to really truly follow him, something inside of me changed. Something was different. A peace within me started to gradually grow. And the cool thing uh, that I would notice is in times of anxiety, in times of, of life change and, and, and unknowingness and, and in times of life interruption, this peace would show up even more. And I can't describe it other than God peace. It's this peace that surpasses all understanding. It's this thing that God gives every believer. It's this thing that every believer can have if we lean into him and trust him when our life gets interrupted. And this peace just would tell me everything was going to be okay. And I just knew it. Now, I'm not saying that uh, I, 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 would ne- I don't worry or I don't react negatively because I, I certainly do. I, I'm human. Um, but if I can move past that emotional response and I can just take a moment and spend it with Jesus and I can remember who he is and what he's done for me and if I can remember who God is and what he promises me, uh, I, I get filled with that peace. I know that I can trust him. I know that everything is going to be okay because God always uses the interruptions in our life for our good. John sixteen thirty three says this. This is Jesus referring back to his teachings. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Jesus wants you to trust him when life gets interrupted. And when we can trust him, we can have that peace. That's what he wants to give us. In Jeremiah 20, 11, 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. We can trust God's promises because God is trustworthy. And he's shown so many times that when life gets interrupted, he's really walking there with us. And he's wanting to use that to draw us back to him. Why? Because he knows the plan. He knows that, that it's going to work out for our good. We just have to trust him. And when we get to a place where we are trusting him and, and we're walking in this peace and we know that everything's going to be okay, something else really cool can start to happen. Again, our perspective starts to change, right? Uh, not only are we seeing it as an opportunity uh, for God to move and change our lives, we're starting to expect it. And so instead of living in fear and anxiety and disappointment or dread or worry or all these different things, we can actually live in the midst of life interruption, a global interruption like the coronavirus. We can live expectantly because we know God is going to show up. I don't know about you, but but I truly believe that right now, throughout the entire world, God is interrupting the lives of millions and billions of people. 
and he's interrupting their lives, and he is using it to draw them back to him. And people are giving their lives to him, and people are changing their lives for him because of this massive life interruption. And what's really cool, what's really amazing is I know there are a lot of you right now watching who know exactly what I'm talking about because you're feeling it too. You, you, you know God is in control. You know God is moving. You know that everything's going to be okay. And so you're living with this peace. You're living with this expectation that no matter what happens, God is going to use this life interruption for good. What an amazing way to live. What an amazing uh, thing, this gift that we can have in the middle of such a, a, a trying season. That we know everything's going to be okay. So we have peace. We know God's going to work it out. We just have to trust in Him. But I also know that there are several of you watching right now. And you don't know that, or at least you haven't experienced it yet. You haven't experienced this peace this expectant life. You haven't experienced what it's like to truly put your faith and your trust in Jesus. And because of that, you're overwhelmed with fear and anxiety because you don't know what tomorrow brings. But here's the truth. If that's what you want, if you want that peace, if you want that blessed assurance that only comes from having a life-saving relationship with Jesus, and you can live expectantly knowing that in the midst of life's tribulations and interruptions, you know that God is going to use it for good. You can have it. Because remember Saul on the road to Damascus, Jesus showed up and interrupted Saul's life. Why? Not just to change it, but to save it. And he wants to do the same for you. What if this massive life interruption is really the moment where God steps into your life and he reveals his son to you? And so you can accept him and you can make him your Lord and Savior. And so you can live with that assurance and that peace and that expectation of knowing that no matter how uh, interrupted your life gets, you know that it's going to be okay. You can live expectantly because you know God is good. If you want that right now, you can have it. And so we're going to bow our heads and I'm going to pray for you. And I just pray that you make that decision, that you use this moment, this interruption as the moment where you finally give your life to Jesus. We bow your head. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Um, God, thank you for the message that, you, that you've put on our hearts, that, um, that God, you use the, the interruptions, that you, you love us enough to step into our lives, uh, to distract us enough to pull us to you, 
And that while, uh, you know, things are scary and, and certainly things are, um, you know, kind of up in the air as to what tomorrow is going to bring, that you were steadfast in your love and that you promised to never leave us, that you always promised to be by our side. And I'm so thankful for that because that gives us so much peace, those who have given our lives to you. And so I pray, Father, that you pour your peace in your presence, into the hearts of every follower of Jesus throughout the globe. Lift up the body. Lift up the church. Lift up this community, God. But I also pray, God, that there are people tonight and people throughout the world who do not know you yet. They're, they're, they're living in this massive interruption. And they're living in fear and worry and anxiety because they don't know what tomorrow brings, because they don't have that blessed assurance, that, that peace. I pray, God, that they recognize that, that you're real, and that you're moving, that um, you care enough to step into these life interruptions and use them to draw all of us closer to you. And I pray, God, that uh, they make that decision to finally accept you as their Lord and Savior. And I pray, God, that we be that community that walks alongside of them uh, and helps them grow in their faith. Um, and I also pray, God, that we continue to be that community uh, that reaches out into the world in the midst of this massive global interruption and that we be used by you to show people your son. And so, Jesus Christ, thank you for what you did on the cross 2,000 years ago. You died for our sins so we can live eternally for you. And so no matter what happens, no matter how big the interruption gets, we know that one day it's going to be okay because one day we're going to be with you. And so we pray all of this and we give all this to you in your name. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook on the links in the description. And if you want to listen to this message live, check us out on YouTube every Thursday night at 7 p.m.